When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Record-breaking six-time Tony Award winner Audra McDonald performs live with the National Symphony Orchestra at the Kennedy Center next week for two shows on January 30th and 31st in D.C. She joined me to break down all six of her Tony-winning roles on Broadway, as well as her acclaimed TV role in HBO's The Gilded Age and her recent movie work in Rustin and Origin. Hey, Audra McDonald. Hey, thank you so, so much for joining us on WTOP in Washington, D.C. Hey, Jason. It's nice to be here. Uh, We're talking because you are coming to the Kennedy Center Concert Hall with the NSO for a very special two nights of shows. It's going to be Tuesday, January 30th at 8 p.m. and then Wednesday, January 31st at 8 p.m. So uh, let's tease this specific uh, event. I have so much to ask you about your career, (laughs) but let's talk about this. Let's start with this event. You know, what what, what all sort of stuff are you going to be performing there with the NSO? Um, it's going to be sort of a journey through the Great American Musical Theater Songbook. We'll be singing uh, songs by Gershwin and Sondheim and um, let's see, who else? I'll be doing some songs by uh, Jerome Kern and uh, yeah, just the, the, the greats, the old greats of Broadway. Um, yeah. I love it. And uh, just to piggyback off of that, just a follow up question, you know, just if people have seen you live or even on on screen uh talk about how this is going to be extra epic to have the entire national symphony orchestra behind you if they've never seen you perform with an orchestra behind you look out (laughs) oh yeah i'm so excited about it um jason i toured throughout the country and you know a lot of spots in the world with different sort of complements of musicians all the time sometimes with a trio sometimes it's just a piano and every once in a while i'm very lucky to be able to perform with an orchestra and there is nothing like the thrill for me anyway being on stage with that incredible sort of tsunami of sound coming from you know you know anywhere from 40 to 60 instruments uh supporting you and and you know, joining with you and making incredible music. So um, to have the NSO there, which is just one of the greatest, you know, greatest orchestras in this country is is, is such, such a joy. And um, my incredible music director, Andy Einhorn, is going to be conducting them. And um, it, it just, it just enhances the evening so much. So I'm and it also being at, you know, the iconic Kennedy Center, it just makes it all a very, very, very special evening. So I'm very excited. I love that the a tsunami of sound. Thanks for a, a money soundbite with this. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's great. And real quick, uh, when was the last time you played the Kennedy Center? I, you, they had to have invited you to one of the Kennedy Center honors to tri- give tribute to somebody at some point, right? Oh yeah, I've been there a lot. I'm. Tr- I think the last time I performed at the Kennedy Center honors was for Michael Tilson Thomas. That's the last time I was there. I think that was pre-pandemic. It was right before I think the pandemic. Um, but yes, yeah. I've. There for Ruby D and Ossie Davis's um, 
Kennedy Center honors. I was there for Barbara Cook's Kennedy Center honor. I was there for Julie Andrews Kennedy Center honor. So I've been there quite a few times. I'm very, you know, it's such an iconic place. And I, I did um, the play Masterclass at the Kennedy Center way, way back in the 90s. Um, so, yeah, for me, it's just it's always a joy to come back there. Awesome. Yes. The, the Michael Tilson Thomas. I remember covering that one. I think I believe it was 2019. So it would have been the last one right before the pandemic. But this is your grand return uh, yes. po- after the pandemic. And also, D.C. also has a special place in your heart because um, I didn't. President Obama gave you the National Medal of Arts in 2015 ish, I think. Right. Like how much of an honor was that to I assume that was at the White House. But man, uh, talk about an all time moment that, you know, when when you're decades from now you're going to look back when you when you got that from the president i mean that's all timer stuff yeah yeah it was exciting it was very exciting what was most exciting about it is um it was the national um medal of honor for um it 2015 but it was awarded in 2016 um because i was i was like two weeks away from giving birth (laughs) (laughs) so i was hugely pregnant at the white house and i was worried about well what you know because i had a what they called a geriatric pregnancy because I was 46 at the time. And um, I asked them, well, what if I, you know, what if I go into labor? And they're like, this is the White House. We have some of the best doctors ever here. So if you go into labor, don't worry. And then I was like, well, maybe I should try and go into labor. So that'd be a hell of a story, you know. <laughs> I gave birth at the White House. <laughs> that, I've, yeah, probably, the, probably of all places, they probably would have the best doctors to do it. But um, <laughs> I don't think your uh, Barry Gordy and Mel Brooks and Morgan Freeman, the fellow nom- some of the fellow nominees, yeah. I don't think that was a problem for them that year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was the only one in that position. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, pregnant Mel Brooks. Uh, no, but uh, that's that's awesome. I mean, that's all timer stuff. Well, um, you know, the, I wanted to hit some of those D.C., you know, nation's capital highlights uh, first. But uh, now I've set the stage, your origin story of like, where did you actually grow up? I know you were born in West Germany. I was born in Berlin, Germany. Yes. But I was raised in Fresno, California. OK, yeah. OK. Was it like an army base thing or something? Yes. Yes. Okay. I was born in an army base. Okay, but you grew up in Fresno and got into yes. theater arts and all that. And then Juilliard is what set it off off and running. OK. Yes. Gotcha. All right. If you don't mind, uh, you know, you have so many big fans. I'd love to go through, you know, some of your big career highlights. And gosh, you've, you've won six Tonys. So, I mean, gosh, we'd, we'd be here all day if we hit them all. But <laughs> uh, have a, I'm going to rapid fire it real quick. I'll, I'll throw them out in order and just give me like a one sentence, whatever quick, because I'm going to try to go through them quick. So you won your first one for <laughs> Car- Carousel in 94. Just memories of that big, that big first, you know, that put you on the map. Um, Just... Uh something that will never ever leave my heart uh and uh just the beginnings and also that that lincoln center where carousel was was basically my campus because i had gone to juilliard so it was like you know school on steroids all of a sudden i was in a broadway show (laughs) (laughs) i love it and your second one was you know while that first one was a musical carousel the second one was for a featured actress in a play uh so a non-musical but master class like you mentioned in uh in 96 so what was it like that you know you that that you you got to show you could do it again and this time you know in a play without singing yeah but the great thing about master class was written by the incredible Terrence McNally and I was playing a Juilliard student so it's something I knew a lot about and it was a chance for me to work with not only Terrence McNally and get to know him you become a very dear friend in my life and I've worked with him many times after that but also to get to know and work with Zoe Caldwell who would become such a force in my life that I ended up naming my first child after Oh, I love it. So um, the third Tony win was for Ragtime, an iconic show um, in, in, ni- in 98. Memories of that real quick. Um, yeah, just uh, being a part of, of building a show from uh, beginnings of watching that show come together and working with that incredible cast and just the 
you know, being with the iconic Brian Stokes Mitchell on a nightly basis. And every single time we sing Wheels of a Dream from that first time we sang it together until as recently as the 25th reunion, con- 25th anniversary reunion concert that we did in March. Um, I always feel like I'm basically flying into space whenever I sing that song. So. <laughs> Great description. Uh, all right. And then the fourth came in 2004 for A Raisin in the Sun. You mentioned that you had paid tribute to Ruby D, you know, at the Kennedy Center before earlier in this interview. But uh, what was it like getting to, you know, do be that, icon- that iconic Lorraine Hansberry play? I mean, that is all timer stuff. You probably grew up watching Ruby D and Poitier and everyone <laughs> in the older versions. But uh, what was it like getting to step in that yourself? Oh, it was it was incredible. And being able to work with an incredible director like Kenny Leon and then being in an incredible uh, cast that featured Felicia Rashad and Sanaa Lathan was just, you know, I learned so much from being with them on a nightly basis and saying Lorraine, Lorraine Hansberry's iconic words um, was, you know, talk about, you know, core memory. Uh, I'll, I'll never forget that experience. Poor memory, absolutely. All right, number five, Tony Winfrey. See, most people they'd be done. We'd be like, our interview's over. You know, that's we four four Tonys. That that's plenty. But you kept them going. Number five, poor poor G and Best in twenty twelve. Another iconic Gershwin and all the rest. But yeah, memories of that. Yeah, being a part of Porgy and Bess is just you know. I mean, it's 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 uh, I, I keep saying iconic, but you know, it's a legendary opera or musical, whichever you know people want to categorize it as. It was just. Um, to be able to be a part of that coming back to Broadway um, and uh, being able to sing those glorious songs night after night and to really to be able to dive in and sort of um, find uh, uh, who best was in my heart um, was something that meant uh, a great deal to me. So I was honored to give it. Absolutely. And rounding it out, the number six was the Billie Holiday Jukebox musical, uh, Lady Day at Emerson's Bar and Grill. You won Best Actress in a Play for that. And that was the sixth one. Uh, were you always a Billie Holiday fan uh, before before the role? And, and, you know, was it exciting to get to step in those iconic shoes? Iconic again. There it is. Iconic. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I had always been a fan of Billie Holiday, but uh, I think um, I was a, a bit of an uneducated fan. Uh, I, I, I adored her, her artistry, but I think what little I knew about her life, I, I, I think I was a bit judgmental because I knew she had this horrible drug addiction. And so once I got the chance to play her and really, really excavate and understand and explore and study her life and speak to people who knew her um, and read every book I could about her, listen to every interview and every, not just the interviews of her, um, talking about her singing, but like the behind the scenes tapes of her not even realizing she's being, you know, uh, recorded and speaking from her heart. Um, uh, so I ended up falling in love with her and um, uh, ashamed of the fact that I, I had a little bit of judgment toward her before playing her just because I didn't, I didn't know about her struggle. Yeah, well, an experience for sure. Learning all, even more about an icon. Um, I believe. All right, well, that's all six. I believe is that a record? I think you might have the most of at least for 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 an actor. I believe. Or or yeah. where's where's yeah. Angela Lansbury? Did you break her record? Yeah, I have. I have the most. Um. Uh. uh, uh yes, I have the most. She uh, Angela Lansbury was awarded one. Um. It's like a lifetime. Ah. Uh, uh, given to her, but yes. Uh. Yeah, so I think we're we're both at six, but mine we're competitive. Categories. You're the six competitive ones, and I believe in four different categories, acting categories. I think you're like the only one to do that. So you have all the accolades. Well, thanks for running through all those really fast. I really appreciate it. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Where, but I love to give you the opportunity. Is, is there a performance like that, you know, on Broadway that, you know, it doesn't neatly fit into those six that probably everyone asks you about? Is there one sort of in between or that you've done even since then that you were like, you know what? That actually might be my my personal one. I'm proud of stuff, and it never got the attention. Um, well, I you know I just finished doing a play uh, on Broadway uh, at the end of 2002 into the beginning of 2003 called Ohio State Murders, and it was written by um, an incredible playwright named Adrian Kennedy, who's a black uh, woman who um, that was her Broadway debut at the age I think of 93. Her play was finally on Broadway, but she's been a playwright, an active playwright, and Obi. Uh, I think she. I think she won an OB, I'm not sure, but was certainly nominated for one, um, uh, for 70 years. And that was her Broadway debut. So I was very proud to be a part of that. Um, and it was a semi-autobiographical play about her life when she um, was, the, I think, in 1949 at Ohio State. She was one of the second uh, classes to um, that had Black people living in the dorms there. So it was a, she had really sort of helped to integrate the school in that way, um, but about her experience there and how it was not an easy time. So I was very proud of that and very proud to be a part of um, bringing Adrian Kennedy's play to Broadway after 70 years of her sort of being ignored by Broadway. Oh, wow. That's so cool. Um, and then I guess sort of before we run, we should tease that, you know, I mean, we're we're rattling off all these awards. Uh, you're you're going to be up for a SAG award in a couple of weeks for, I guess, at least for the ensemble for your your really popular TV show, HBO's The, the Gilded Age. Um, I know you play Peggy's um, uh, mom, Dorothy Scott. Um, and actually, I believe. Danae, Danae Benton is coming to DC as well. What's she? She's coming yep. to the Kennedy Center for um, yep, Neil, Tick Tick Boom. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Neil Patrick Harris directed Tick Tick Boom. By the way, um, right. so it's a it's a big Gilded Age time, I guess, here at the, at the Kennedy Center. But real real quick, we're, we're, what's it like working with her and and just the show in general? I mean, uh, that thing is taken off. Yes, I'm so proud of that show. Um, I was so excited to be asked to be a part of it, um, and so I'm very proud of the the nomination for the cast. Uh, it is an enormous cast and it's it's a real theater based cast. So I'm, I'm you know, most of us are most of the people in the cast are really well known in the theatrical world. Not necessarily so in film, film and television. Not all of us. Some of them all. Some obviously Cynthia Nixon and Christy Baranski are um, and Carrie Coon is well known for her, you know, um, the work that she's done as well. But most of the people in that cast are theater folks. And so I'm very proud to be a part of this project. And um, I'm just so thrilled that um, Sonia Warfield and Julian Fellows 
and Erica Dunbar really saw that, that these are the um, Julian Fellows, of course, created it, and Sonia Warfield and Erica Dunbar, or Sally Richardson, for that matter, um, incredible executive producers, um, who helped sort of bring the story to life and really delve into not only the the communities and cultures that we're used to seeing during that time, uh, which is sort of to say the white um, history of what was going on in New York at that time. But we've never, I don't think I've ever in my life seen uh, a, a television show or a, or a movie that delves into what was happening with the black middle class during the Gilded Age and the black elite population and just uh, the black experience in general in, in the North. Uh, during that time. And so I'm so thrilled to be a part of being able to bring and excavate that history and bring it to um, television audiences. It's not only for entertainment, to, but to educate. So I'm really thrilled to be a part of that. Uh, and Peggy's relationship, it's a true mother-daughter bond. And I just love Danae working with her. It's been a joy. Yeah, well, you've also excavated history in two big movies uh, this year. Uh, Rustin, of course, um, and Col as as of this recording, the day that Coleman Domingo got uh, Oscar nominated, so that's awesome. And uh, also Ava DuVernay's Origin, uh, which sadly was was snubbed, but I thought, man, that might be Ava's magnum opus. That was an amazing movie. Um, so yeah, you can do it on the big screen. Uh, you know, any any closing thoughts on on you know getting to act in because we've talked a lot of the about your TV show in your 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 Broadway work, but man, the, those are two big movies this year. You're in as well. Yeah, no, I'm. I you know I just to be a, a part of um, storytelling. You know that is that that is um, telling stories uh, from you know different vantage points and different people, and uh, not necessarily just the typical stories we're used to. Especially with with origin, <laughs> I thought what Ava DuVernay uh, did with adapting Isabel Wilkerson's incredible book cast and and her incredible thesis about um the, the the roots of you know where all this discontent comes from um for ava duvernay to sort of turn it into this uh, a moving sort of uh story with isabel at the center with isabel wilkerson at the center um and turn it into a drama in the way that she did and then was so brilliantly portrayed by angelou ellis um i was so excited to be a part of that and to watch these women work um and, and watch, uh, be on a set with Ava DuVernay and see how, how beautifully she treats everybody in the cast and the crew. Um, and it's a very, you know, everybody is considered equal and it was an incredible experience to be a part of that. And then also to be a part of um, Rustin, to watch Coleman, uh, I've known him for years, to watch him do his brilliant work and I've been a fan of his for years and to work again with George Wolf, George C. Wolf, um, who's directed me before. And also to tell this story um, of, you know, Bayard Rustin, who, you know, was sort of relegated to the sidelines because he was an openly gay black man and was considered a liability during that time. And so he really was the one of the main orchestrators um, and, and organizers of that uh, incredible march in Washington, D.C. Um, in 1963. So to be able to, you know, give Bayard Rustin his flowers and really finally shine a light on this incredible human being and what he was able to accomplish and, and how much credit he deserves for what happened on, on that you know, incredible day. Um, so to be a part of both of those uh, films this year has just been incredibly fulfilling for me. 
Oh, yeah. Rustin, uh, so happy for Coleman to get Oscar nominated. That was uh, highlighting, like you say, a, a hidden figure getting his flowers of, of history of the civil rights movement. And then Origin. I mean, it wasn't an easy task to tie together, you know, Trayvon Martin, you know, Jews during the Holocaust in Germany, the Dalits in India, the yeah. American civil rights movement and slavery. Like to, to be able to try to tie all of them is is so ambitious. But I thought she turned she pulled it off. I was on the wavelength that entire movie of Origin. Everybody go check Audra out in that. Uh, yeah, Origin's incredible origins incredible and you know i my, my part in it is you know is is you know there's lots of different sort of um anecdotes and stories that this bell is weaving together and telling and discovering and you know the, the anthrop the anthropologist in her is really trying to unearth all of this and understand and, and create this thesis um and i so i when i watched the whole film um i i have never been so emotionally affected by a film in my life <laughs> Um, where I couldn't breathe afterwards. I was so moved by what I saw. I mean, I had my own little part in it, but the incredible work that was done on that screen um, that just moved me. I, I couldn't speak for a while afterwards. And that's a lot of the experience I've, I've heard from a lot of my friends and family who come to, to go gone and seen the film Origin. And it's it really, really starts a conversation that I think is so necessary in this country right now. So I, I encourage everybody to go out Oh, everybody go see it. It just can't. Who cares if it didn't get nominated? It, everyone go see it. It's new, brand new in theaters. Just came out Friday, January 19th, uh, at least here in D.C. So, so it's it's fresh out in theaters. Everyone must see. Um, well, thank you so much for all your time. And final, final seconds. What do we have to We mentioned all your Tonys. What do we have to do to make you an EGOT? Because <laughs> the, you got two grant, you got the two Grammys for Rise and Fall of the City Mahogany. You got the Emmy for that TV special, Sweeney Todd, live from Lincoln Center. We mentioned your six um, Tony wins on Broadway, but we're just missing that O. And we or it could, O could stand for Origin, but no, it could be in Rustin, no. But you know, one day, one day the movie will come along to to get get it. What would be that dream movie for the O in the EGOT? <laughs> I, you know, I don't, I don't know what it would be, but I mean, as long as it's a story that I believe in and that's worth being told, that that um, sheds a light on humanity in some way, shape, or form, which is what you know cinema does for all of us, no matter what that is, um, then it'll be worth it. So it, you know, <laughs> I'll just continue to you know look for good work to do, and then if if some of it ends up being awarded, that's awesome. But you know what? Yeah. What's more important is that the work gets out there. Exactly. You do it for the, the creativity, not the awards. So for now, you'll have to stay in E double G six T. You're, a, you're a, <laughs> not an E got, but a E Hey, thank you so much for joining us. Everyone, check out Audrey McDonald uh, live at the Kennedy Center uh, on January 30th and 31st with the NSO. Going to be epic. Thank you so much for, for, you know, we covered a lot of ground in a short amount of time. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Jason. It was nice speaking with you. Thanks so much for listening to Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Our theme music is Scott Buckley's Clarion. Remember to give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time. Bye.